Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Ray Croft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to cry? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. Hour two on this Thursday, we welcome in our friend Andrew Raycroft of WEEI and of Nesson and of the Morning Brew podcast with uh, the uh, the man with just maybe the best hair in Boston, Billy Jaffe. Uh, Razor is brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. Visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's frank it up. Razor is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good morning, Andrew Raycroft. How are you? Good morning, fellas. I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? Hanging Excellent. in there and uh, feeling better that the uh, Bruins were able to go on the road and get a uh, win against Dallas. What do you make uh, to this point? I know it's only two games. What do you make of the Bruins' re-entry into playing regular season games? Well, you certainly feel better about the re-entry after watching the third period and, and overtime against Dallas. That was a great hockey game. Uh, it's fun watching uh, two of the top teams in the league. I know we've we've seen some some duds because the Bruins have played so well this season. Uh, but when you see them go up against a better team, you get efforts like that. And for them to come back in a tough building against a tough team makes them all good again. Hey, so what do you make of the uh, the power play? Right, just dusting off my little. Uh... You know NHL, uh, you know uh, uh, oh, hockey your, reference. Your big notebook. Yeah, my hockey reference oh. right here. <laughs> and, yeah, so what do you make of it? So the last six games, zero for twenty. Is is that like a real problem? Is this something that like we're just you know should start worrying about? Like for real? I mean, I know everything you know involving the Bruins is like seems to be a tad bit of an exaggeration because they're so good. Is this the one area where you kind of need to start paying more attention to the way it's going? Uh, no, I'm paying attention to it. I- I'm paying attention to it. The one caveat to that is is when Jake DeBrus comes back and he hasn't been there. They've had Felino in there. They've had Taylor Hall. They've been moving it around. They, they listen. It's not good right now, but I want to give it two or three games with Jake DeBrus back on that first unit with Taylor Hall or Nick Felino on the second unit. There's a lot of scoring being done by that second unit, and that's out of sorts a little bit right now too. So. Uh, 0 for 20 is not good. It, it would be a big problem if they were in 
sixth, seventh place in the conference. Because they're not, it, it, it's not as bad. But but I am concerned. I am watching it every game and seeing what kind of adjustments they make. But I'm going to give it two or three games before I really panic with Jake DeBrus back on the first. So unit. do you? Do, so you do equate that like when you're trying to figure out you know what the problem is. You know how would you explain it so to speak? So the the what is it? The first game that they went uh, goose egg was what um, January 26th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is that kind of like when DeBrus went out? Well, DeBrus was out a little bit earlier than okay. that. But I think the other thing is, too, right, you played a really good penalty kill against Dallas. You got Tampa Bay, Andre Vasilevsky, Carolina's good. So, so you've played better teams. But the fact that you're 0 for 20 with the talent that this group has, it, it shouldn't happen. It doesn't happen often. They did go through this stretch going into the playoffs last season, and, and that was really worrisome. They did score power play goals in the playoffs, so – there is a lot of time power plays do get streaky, but again, it's it's something that with the talent that they have shouldn't be happening at 0 for 20. Yeah, I uh, Razor, there's a couple of things with DeBrusque being out that uh, people are now starting to put out there more and more, how it has affected the first line in their production. I know Fourier mentioned the power play, but it feels like odd man rushes and how DeBrusque being out has affected other guys on the roster I don't think I've heard Taylor Hall's name for like a month and a half. Well, he did score last game, Gresh. So let's 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 buy All a, right, throw fair him a, enough. Throw him, a, throw him a bone, but no, he listen, he's been up and moving around the the roster a lot more. I think we've saw his best few weeks when he was locked in with Charlie Coyle on the third line, and they were able to destroy matchups uh, any other third line they're up against. I, I think that's a good fit for him. They put him up on the right wing, playing as offside again with Bergeron and Marshawn. It's just that that didn't fit. You could see that was obvious. There wasn't much comfort there. So I, I think it's just a matter of Jacob Russ being back in the lineup solidifies everyone and slots everyone again. And it and then for the top line guys, it, it gives them younger legs. Uh, a guy who has a lot of speed, really good on puck retrievals, really good to go get that puck and then distribute it to to the other guys on the line. So I think that's why Jake DeBrusque helps the first line, but I think it also is why Taylor Hall slots in real well uh, with Charlie Coyle. They pair up well. All right, so we're talking to Andrew Razor Raycroft. Real quick, does your wife call you Razor? She ever, she ever, <laughs> you ever get all like, does it ever be like Razor? Does that ever happen? No. Never? That has never come out of her mouth ever <laughs> once. I don't think she's ever called anyone by their nickname ever, really? ever, ever. Okay. What yeah, is no, hold on, wait a minute, because in the world of hockey, it is only nicknames. So do wives have to go oppo and never use a nickname? Yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, no, as some of the wives that I'm really close with call me Razor, and we get a kick out of that. So, no, it's not everybody, I think. Uh, it, it just doesn't. Mine's a little easier than than some of the others. I, I can't remember um, my wife calling Hal Gill Skillsy. I, it, it, it just hasn't come out of her mouth before. Like she never said, "Hey, Bergie, want a beer?" <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's Patrice. Too hey, close. Patrice, too how are close. You, Patrice? Yeah. So, Patrice. so the uh, the 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 other thing is like so, uh, you know, the trade deadline's coming up, and you know, a lot. Of, what I'm hearing a lot of is uh, the Bruins need to go all in. Okay, what does that mm-hmm. mean to you? What is all in for spe- specifically this team? What does all in mean to you with the Bruins when it comes in regards to in relating to the the Bruins? Yeah, so all in for me means uh, a real good forward and a real good defenseman that are willing to play the role of 
seventh defenseman if necessary, a fourth defenseman, uh, sixth forward, ninth forward. Don Sweeney's on the phone 12 hours a day right now. He's in on everything. There's a lot of talk in that they're the ones that are, are, are kicking all the tires and, and holding up some deals because they're making sure they're making the right ones. Like they're, they're out there, and, and Don's done very well at the deadline the last few years. I don't think they need to hit a home run. I mean, they're one of the, the, the fastest of 40 wins in 53 games in, in NHL history. So they don't need a lot. I don't see like that. We've talked about the Chikrin or the, the, the best player in the trade deadline. I know fan bases always want the best player that everyone talks about, the Bull Horvats. Oh, I can't believe the Bruins didn't get them. It, it, it wouldn't fit. And, and there's different reasons why they don't fit. So, for me, I'm looking, you know, uh, the Barbashev name that keeps coming up, that fits really well. He's a right shot forward that can play center. Uh, that fits your depth-wise. Uh, Nick Bustad in Arizona, right big, strong right shot forward that, that can be diverse in his positions up front. So you're going to need a guy who can do a bunch of different things when uh, you, you find injuries throughout your lineup through the playoffs. And, and but you can't, it's, it's also not the easiest thing to do to just go get Patrick Kane. Okay, where does he fit in your top three lines, and is he willing to take not play the power play? Is, is it, so, so that's the other consideration. Like, you're not changing up uh, your entire lineup for a guy coming in at the deadline. I don't think the Bruins are in that position either. Is there a chance someone gets moved off of the existing roster to bring in a player that is an upgrade or is that kind of a zero-sum gain in the end? Like, I'm curious as to if they want somebody off of the the regular roster that Jim Montgomery is comfortable with, do you make a move that way and try to upgrade someone where if you get an injury, then maybe you've cut into some of your depth? What are your thoughts on that? You have to be 100% sure, and you have to know that there's a plan. So if, if you're saying, do you trade a defenseman for a forward? Right, you Something have to like have that, another. Right? Yeah, if you have another, you have to have another plan in place to fill that defenseman somewhere else. If you're making that, you you cannot. They they don't. You can't afford to give up one or the other. You know, for the sake of depth, that that I don't see happening. That I don't see makes any sense for this team. I think you have to go and 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 get those pieces that that will be important come the second, the third round of the National Hockey League playoffs. Am I? I know what I mean. What keeps Don at night up at night is does he mess with this roster? I, I right. can't imagine being too concerned with first round picks or prospects because I'm not as myself. I can't imagine being worried about that when you have a team like this and, and in this position to go for it. But that's what do you trade a roster position at the risk of chemistry, at the risk of the player coming back this way, not filling the same role and not fitting in the same way this player does. So uh, they'll do it. I think they would do it if they know 100% or feel 100% that it works coming back the other way because they have this team in place to go win it all. I think it just might make them think a little bit longer than any first-round picks or prospects. Now, I know this would be the time in our chat with our buddy Andrew Raycroft where we would get into the tickle trunk. However, I am going to hijack the tickle trunk today because we have to ask our friend Andrew Raycroft about something that uh, we all found out about earlier this month. 
Razor, I did not know that not only is there a Groundhog Day in the United States, there apparently is a Groundhog Day in Canada as well. Is this true? Uh-huh. And, it is true, yeah. And uh, apparently the Canadian woodchuck, groundhog, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, and I hope I'm getting this right. I'm, I'm going to do my best French-Canadian here. Fred <laughs> Le Marmont. Ooh. That, is that the name of the Canadian version of Punxsutawney Phil? And they found this rat dead on the morning <laughs> that some guy from Saskatoon was supposed to stand there and hold this stupid rat over his head and tell the people of Canada that it's going to be cold up there for six more weeks, which they're used to anyway. Unfortunately, this is the state of my my homeland at this point. We, uh, you know, we all think there's problems down here in the United States. Canada's even the groundhogs are dying. Um, <laughs> we, 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 you know, politically we have some issues. We got some stuff going on, and and I think the the icing on the cake for that is is the groundhog being dead. I mean. <laughs> Did someone go in and say, "Hey, the groundhog's dead. Maybe we can't make this announcement," or "Hey, let's go find another groundhog"? And like, it's fascinating to me that that actually happened, and it's very Canadiana that they're so honest about it rather than like actually fixing the problem. Okay, so this is according to Wikipedia. Now, again, take it for whatever it's worth. But <laughs> when you, be true. it's got to be right. When you put in the Canadian version of Punxsutawney Phil, it says this: Due to Nova Scotia's Atlantic time zone, Shubankati. Sam makes the first Groundhog Day prediction in North America. Are you aware of this version of this stupid rat that lives <laughs> in that time zone? No, I'm not. I'm not completely Good. spruced up on my Groundhog uh, aficionado, uh, but it does make obviously Newfie the, the Newfoundland is is a, an hour and a half ahead of us, so they're the first ones over there in the Maritimes and. Um, that's that's why they'd be first. There we go. We had to get to the bottom of it because we yeah. heard that the uh, Canadian groundhog was found <laughs> dead. dead, and it's like, listen, if there is, do we really need to carry on the rest of the ceremony? They, now, should, they should have brought the damn thing out by its feet and like it's just like, ah, we've got dinner. Well, I was just going to say, somebody cooked that thing. Yeah. Someone's wearing it as a hat. No, somebody else made yeah. stew out of it. They had it on its head. Oh, no question. <laughs> No, quite the big tail hanging down like Davy Crockett and all that. Now, I know in America it is, uh, and I might be putting you on the spot here. I know in America it's in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Uh, but where is kind of like the official Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania of Canada? Like, is there an official Groundhog Day rat that, yeah, you do it in the Maritimes, but the one that really counts is in Winnipeg or something. I don't know. No, I, I mean, there's one in Ontario that, that I think it's like very provincial. It's very provincial it. in Canada. So like the Quebec one, the Nova Scotia one, the Ontario one, like every province has their own guy. Uh, I have no idea where it is in Ontario. I forget, but I remember hearing about it, but it's provincial. And they all have their same, the same like rodent species, right? It's not like a, Hey, I'm going to use a raccoon. This guy's going to use a, you know. No, a, no one's grabbing a, uh, no, uh, no one's grabbing like a giant squirrel or something. See, I mean, yeah, listen, no, this I, is very, everything. It's not, ab- it's, not it's, it's not beaver day in Canada. It's okay. still Groundhog Day. See, everything about this, this interview is educational. Every last aspect of it. Beaver I feel day like I went. <laughs> yeah. What is beaver, beaver day, day like? in Canada what is a whole really different mean? deal. What does it, re- what does it mean for the, the, you know, hockey players? <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> Hey, guys, it's Beaver Day. (laughs) They had Beaver Day when the bubble was up there. (laughs) All right. I don't want anybody to get in trouble. Razor, thank you, friend. We appreciate you, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, sir.
All right, guys. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You Thanks. too. There goes uh, Andrew Raycroft with us on the uh, Harbor Gotta, One Hotline. Really feel like he should be a shooter for this event. Really feel like we we should add we should add you want a ringer. Do you think he can shoot a basketball? Oh yeah. I'm I'm a hard no on this. He was a professional I, athlete. He was a he was a goalie that doesn't really count. He's not on right now. I can Listen, do whatever I want. That I guy was a goalie. I know one, how difficult it is. Oh, I'm sure you were. I was. I'm sure in I'm 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 sure in uh, South Central there were a lot of. Do you ice think goalies? Do you think the most athletic people on the ice are goalies? Uh, I do. Are they the most athletic? Yeah. Okay, you're most athletic. I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't completely go there, but I will say this. Uh, goalies can do something you can't do, Skate. which is required to play the position. Well, skating is a part of it. You'd be a great goalie. No, at one, that's you see now you're making a you fat are. joke. No, it's not really. Fat, I think Vince Wolfork would be a good if, goalie also. If Razor <laughs> at one point in time could take his leg and stick his big toe in his ear, you would go out there and have to try to crouch, and it'd be like, no, I and would you break. would get stuck. They would have to break it. Yeah. They'd have to like we'd have to like stand you up and like we may need a, to see if he's willing to, backboard. to prove it. Who Razor? Yeah, we may have to ask him to prove it. Might be His a busy guy. We have oh, to, I know. Listen, nobody, we're gonna see if there's a pregame he, skate that day. We'll nobody's busy. That guy's all over the place. He, he did the he was the beanpot guy also. Uh, yeah, did a great job. Yeah. Of that, by the way, call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. So in this show so far today, you have found out that Joe Mazzulla is now the permanent head coach of the Boston Celtics. You've heard Rob Gronkowski tell a crazy story of uh, the worst job interview ever. And we learned about Canadian Groundhog Day from yeah. Andrew Raycroft. This Again. is why you listen to Gresham for you and you learn a lot. You learn a lot. You really do. And yesterday was the first day of school for the Red Sox. There was a texter to 37937. I'm pretty sure Gretchen said first day of school when referencing Red Sox camp. Yeah, because everybody reported yesterday. And you know how it is on the first day of school. You get your new little outfit, right? And it's normally pretty warm outside. So you could probably go with shorts and maybe your cool t-shirt that you wear and you know you get into homeroom and you meet all the new kids or, Whoa, I or all you, the different kids from your school that are like in your homeroom and is it that's the, like them down in, in spring training here's kenley jansen so, ah, put him in the front of the class yeah, so i saw a picture of verdugo uh you know side-by-side -side picture of verdugo from last year and this year and he was obviously thinner and more fit because that's really what you do when everybody comes back from the summer 
You check out this guy, that really? girl. Is this person in shape? What? Ha- oh, this one got her braces. She got her braces off. She's hot now. You know, this guy lost some weight. This one did something to their hair. This one got taller. Oh, this one let himself go. That is what I think. We used to do that uh, in college. It was weird. Everyone used to leave, you know, to work out at home. No one used to stay on campus. Like now, everybody never, nobody ever. What leaves. a difference now, right? Now everybody goes and they, you know, used to work out on your own. So everybody, everybody's like looking everybody up and down. Okay, then you're okay. Here's the running test. Let's see how much or how well they were working out. So everybody's being judged. That's what I think Who is was going on. The sauce, and, you know, all oh, that. Okay, so Chris Sale, what does guy he look like? Can he throw? Verdugo pounds. is skinny now. Look how in shape he is. Can he? Okay. Fine. It's uh, geez. It's still uh, February. Is he gonna be? In, is he gonna look like that in July? Like that is like. Can you keep the weight off? Getting in shape is one thing. Maintaining it through the entire season is another. Uh, Lou Maloney tomorrow at noon, by yeah. the way, and we'll ask Lou what it's like on that first day of school and yeah. walking in there and sort of uh, looking around and high eyeballing everybody. Now, again, Lou also did it in an era where guys would leave and they'd come back and they'd put on 25 pounds and you'd be like, okay, I know how you did that. I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah, yeah. Everybody just you never of- had abs before in your life. Why? You <laughs> right. with abs? Not a chance. Wait, you have a 225-pound bench press how many times now? Wait yeah, a we minute. Don't what even, are we doing We don't here? lift weights here. We just use right. bands. How? What are you doing with the heavy stuff? I'd be very curious to uh, get get uh, Lou's thoughts on that. But a lot of attention to Chris Sale yesterday, and rightfully so. If this team is going to do anything, if they are going to, if we were to apply the Kansas City Chiefs model of the no one believes in us, and we'll get to that later on then the Red Sox have it for real because no one believes in them. They're massive underdogs to win the division and the the pennant and the World Series and all that kind of stuff. But I think for a lot of us, it's all right, Chris Sale, you got about 60 million bucks left on your deal, whatever it is. And if you're going to be good, then maybe this team has a chance to be good. But Chris Sale said he is not here to live up to a dollar amount. I wouldn't necessarily say proving a contract as much as I need to live up to what I need to be for my teammates, for my coaching staff, for the fans, um, for our owners. Like I, I set it up you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, I was given that to do a job, and I haven't done that. And you guys know me enough by now to know that that has eaten me alive. So um, I wouldn't say I'm trying to live up to a dollar amount. I'm just trying to live up to who I need to be, and that's a guy that goes out there for – 30-plus starts, 200 innings, and winning games. What do you make of that perspective? Well, can I ask a question with a question? Oh boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to Charlie Weiss you real quick. Oh, okay. You're, not, you're not driving us into the woods off no, the no, exit no, ramp, no, no. are we? Because well, no, that no, jackhammering no, in the background no, was very annoying. When is that going to get old with him? When is the whole Chris Sale, hey, the whole Hardo, I got this, and, you know, the, oh. the honest, the – the uh, you know the, the the personality that everybody appreciated that was Chris Sale and he's honest. If he sucks, he's going to tell you he sucks. If you know he'll own every bad situation that happens. He's really upfront with it. He's a man of his word. I mean it, that is that got some play in the beginning of his career yeah. here, but over the last three years he keeps saying the same thing, and eventually it's going to be like, dude, no one cares about your standard and what you need need to live up to and blah, 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 blah. Just pitch. I feel like 
eventually it's going to – that's what I'm asking you. I've heard it for three years now, the same old thing, and everybody appreciates him and loves him, and he gets this town, and he says all the right thing, and he owns every possible situation that he created. Like, when is it going to – when is it going to – when is it going to be – or you can be less appreciative of his personality and his attitude. Uh, the problem is he's a hard guy to hate. But again, agreed. You know, because of what you just said. I don't know if the sand will ever run out of the hourglass in terms of a Red Sox fan's patience in terms of the way he positions himself. Where I think people are just sick of the guy is you're not a number one. I think now it has turned into since you can't hate the personality, then it is now the, well, let me let me as a fan – beat myself up because I believed in this guy. Now, I don't think Red Sox fans, and me being one of them, I never believed in Chris Sale to the level of the contract that Dave Dombrowski gave the guy, but he fit the profile of everything you want here in this city. Left-handed number one starter who's got some grit. Yeah. To your point, it is the, he says all the right things, he, he takes accountability, but if you don't have performance behind it, the words become hollow. And to me, I I'm whenever he speaks, I'm almost like, great. I kind of care, but I kind of don't. That's my point. Like for me, it is more yeah, of yeah, the yeah. he can be a dink if he wins 25 games. Look, if there's one thing that the landman and I share, Billy Lanny, it is a love for Manny Ramirez, right? I, <laughs> Billy is very famous with the line of, I think it was, yeah, my dad would have got uh, Manny his tickets. You know what I mean? Like, instead of when he pushed down Jack McCormick or got into it with him or whatever, right? Manny Ramirez was a dink. But why do we love him in a way? Because he was a little goofy. He was Gronk-like. But the guy just raked. And at the end of the day, you could look at it and be like, hey, listen, he might be weird. He might ask writers for forty grand to buy a motorcycle. But damn it, I can pencil him in for 40 bombs and 125 RBI every year, and I don't have to think about it. And if Chris Sale were an 18-game winner every year, his personality, we'd be sprouting wood for it. Now it is the, how about just go win 18 games and stay quiet for a year, and it'll make everybody happy. That is my point. There's going to come a time where nobody cares that you say the right thing. No, it just It's almost, I just... You're right. There's a there's a there's a you know a weird relationship with him based on because he is so authentic. He is he usually speaks how everyone wishes they could speak. Right? You know what? And they just as opposed to other players who come through this town who quote unquote can't handle it. They can't handle the media. They can't handle the criticism, or they try to like gaslight you with what is going on. Like nobody appreciates that, and everyone can see through it. So nobody likes you, whether you're good or not. This guy almost gets a pass for not being available for three years. Mm -hmm. Three years. And they paid you to do to play at a certain level and you're not available. So I for me, I'm almost at, at the end of it where I'm like, dude, I do not care if you're every man. I just want nah, you to play. I'll tell you what some of it is too. I think Chris Sale came along in Boston at the perfect time for all of us to get attached to his personality. Go back to when Chris Sale first got here. Who was also here playing David for Price. The, No, no, no. Even more than that. Kyrie Irving was on the Celtics. And for every bit of babiness and petulant and just him acting like a dink, 
you were able to look across town and hear a guy in Chris Sale who was saying everything you wanted to hear, right? If Chris Sale, the way he speaks and takes the accountability, if you put that into someone like a Kyrie, then it's like, oh my God, this is the perfect guy. Because Chris Sale, he isn't a baby. He'll stand there and deal with it. He'll answer tough questions. He does everything that we want him to do. Except pitch. Except go out and perform. Except be healthy. And that's why, like, when you think of Kyrie, he drove you nuts because he would say one thing, he would do another, and then he'd go out and drop 40, and you'd go, damn. Well, see, no, why I can't would... this guy fit in? And I think the early part of Chris Sale, married with some of what was going on elsewhere within the city, I think people really got attached to Sale because it was everything you wanted the other athletes to be. Well, Okay, From you can, you can you could you could add other guys and other teams, but I think that the biggest eyesore, the biggest issue, was that David Price was here first, and nope. I think everybody don't discount collectively admit it. Like this guy, holy crap, he's terrible. But nobody liked him. He no was one. too sensitive. He was dismissive. He fought with that. He, he was just like, what are you, what are you doing? He fought okay? with that. And he and, and the other part was he was never winning. He wasn't winning anything. You went to the playoffs. He played like crap. You played the Yankees. He played like crap. It took Chris Sale to be traded here to go, okay, now this guy gets it. That's, that is what you attach to Chris Sale. He gets it. Fine. I get it also. I'm just kind of tired of the act. I'm kind of like, okay, Why yeah, do you, hold on, when you yeah. say, wait a minute, when you say it's an act. Oh, sorry, not act. It I'm sounds tired like of, it's a put It's on. not fake. I just sent the first 10 minutes saying that it wasn't fake. No. I'm tired of the performance. I'm tired of the, the message. However you want to line it up, however you want to describe it. It's just time for him to shut up, don't say anything, and just pitch. I know he's being asked questions. You know, I know it's the first day of school, so of course everyone's going to be watching him, paying attention to him. And you can sit there and you can look at his numbers and be like, well, I mean, there's still something there, the velocity here and this, that. Fine. I think he's going to have a good year, but I, I don't necessarily know if that is going to translate into the Red Sox having a good season. I don't know. I even I'll even go back to when he like tore the TV off the wall. Like that to me, I don't know how you felt about that. That drove me nuts. Uh, that drove me absolutely nuts. I didn't love it. I know that the guy competes hard. And oh, again, I'm a competitor. There's, but that's the thing. There's uh, okay. Here's a here's a pass. Dude, right. Go destroy uh, my locker. Go. Hey, go on, Take a bat. You're upset. You screwed up. Hey, so go let screw me, my car. Go take a bat to right, my car. So let me ask you this: Would you rather him just be a limp rag? No, no. You doesn't I think you don't that's an extreme. You're talking about two extremes. I know, but but Live right in the now, middle. But isn't Chris Sale the extreme? He tells us everything we want to hear, but has zero backing it up on the field for two seasons, which is why we're sitting here analyzing the guy right now as he heads into some of the sunset years of his contract. Like to the point of like you're already at the point of great. You're accountable. Yes. Awesome. Da, da, da. Three years worth of it. Thank but you. But there will be those who will say, how is the guy? So really what it comes down to is just go pitch and everything will be fine. There's nothing wrong to me with his attitude, the way he answers questions, the way he handles things. But if we hear, what, second week of May, that the guy's going to be out for a month and a half because he's got a flexor tendon issue or he pulled a muscle or, you know, I think the other thing, too, the re reason people are upset with, with this guy or fed up with him, he fell off an effing bike. Yeah. Like, you know, that's another one, too, where it's like, come on, you know, man. Stuff happens. I get right. it. I mean, he's but had an unbelievably long run of bad luck. There is that. Which is 
it happens, and guys go through a stretch paired with his personality every time. I mean, I had this issue at the end of last year. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, right. Do you think his personality is overbearing? I think it becomes just it becomes like hollow to me. It becomes I would I here's he's a guy that I would like whether he was pitching or not. Like we I feel like I could hang out with him. We would see things the right way. We would call BS on a bunch of things. The fact is that if he didn't just, have millions of dollars, he'd probably be really good at sitting in here and doing a well, talk he'd be show. Great. Well, you know he'd be ek. You know he'd yeah, be yeah. honest. He'd You're be right. people would respect him because he's he's just not fake. But Eck also I, had 300 saves or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. So and no, it's maybe. Listen, I'm just telling. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm just bringing it to your attention because I remember feeling this way at the end of the year last year, and that we're having the same kind of discussion. Going, okay, great. It's kind of wearing me out a little bit. I, I mean, I know he's gonna he's gonna be him. I'm like, okay, I don't want to hear from Chris Sale anymore. He needs a great first month. He does, does Chris Sale, and that will kind of for those who are getting a little sick of the guy. I think it'll sort of calm everybody down a little bit. Hey, how about this one? Right, here's a typical first day of school answer. Kenley Jansen talking about what it means to him to be a Red Sox. We happy to be here. We happy to wear this uniform. You know, like we understand. Um, what this uniform come with is, is a lot of greatness, you know, and that's what we're going to continue to do. You know, the journey is to continue to win championships. So um, we're going to keep pushing and, and, and get better each day to, to be on our best, best, best level we can be. So Kenley Jansen, the one thing that came with this contract, unfortunately, was a pitch clock. Mm. And let's get him going. But got plenty of time. It's a very typical uh, answer that uh, that you would expect. Now, Trevor's story yesterday, Foyer, outlined the best and worst case scenario for him. The best case scenario is a comeback late in the second half of the season. The worst case scenario is that the guy would be out for the year. Uh, Heim Bloom on Valentine's Day, before the first day of school, talked about Trevor's story and his mindset when it comes to roster building. We like who we have, but we're going to continue to look to, to add to this group. Obviously, you know, we've got uh, some guys who we, you know, with Trevor, we know we'll be without him, uh, without Alberto. Uh, we're still working on a timetable there as we progress him. Uh, so we're going to keep looking at so, uh, according to Heim Bloom, it's we're still looking. There are some people out there, but he's not ready to jump yet. What do you make of story kind of confirming? Like, I'm approaching the year Fourier as if we ain't seeing this guy. Me and too. if we do, it's a bonus. I will go back to last year. So, he signs late, um, has a baby, right? And then he has multiple injuries. So, he's he's showing the fact that he's a gold club uh, second baseman. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't rave. You can't talk enough about how – how much range he has and how much how good he is at playing that position. But and even when I talked to people in Colorado right before we signed, he was naturally a slow starter anyways. Like like historically he was a slow starter. So you pair that with already signing late, uh, having a baby then and then his whole life changing and then dealing with injuries in a new ballpark and a new situation. It was almost like man, like this is just he just needs a mulligan. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, he gets hurt at the end of the year, now he comes back. Realistically, if he does come back at the end, I don't even expect much from him. He's notoriously a slow starter, so what's he going to be in July or August? Like, how long are you going to have to wait to get him up to speed? So, even if he comes back, best case scenario, I don't expect anything from defensive, uh, you know, that, that availability for him to play defense, to play in the field, sure. 
He's going to be good at that regardless of what he's doing at the plate. Uh, I would I would agree with you that he would be able to seamlessly fit in. Now, him as shortstop full-time, you know, let's also see where the where the team is at as well. Because if you're 15 games out of first place and you're nowhere near a playoff spot, do you bring Story back at all this year? Or do you just give him the whole year off? Let him go rehab, let him go through an off-season process, and then kind of uh, see where it goes from there. By the way, we do have a couple of people who are asking questions uh, about uh, Christian Fourier's shots for a cure on March 7th, which we announced last hour. No, you will not be able to uh, go there. Public will not be allowed to attend. You will be able to watch it on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bostonweei. Kyrie Thompson has retweeted the uh, tweet of the announcement saying, how do I get in on this? Ah. So now here they come. Here come I the people it. who are I like, know. yeah, I yeah. Want in. So, you know, I don't know what sort of uh, tricks you got up your sleeve or, you know, Not if Larry many. Bird's going to be walking through that door to come chuck some threes. If, I tell you what. If, if, but uh, Kyrie if, is at least raising his hand and saying, I want in. If he can... Shoot a video and prove to me oh boy. that. Oh, well, well, I mean, listen, the goal, listen, I'm sorry, selfishly, I, I want to raise the full $25,000, so I don't want someone who can't shoot. I already have a bunch of people who can't shoot. I need people who can't shoot. Like, we only get what we earn, right? That's it. And that's got to be by making shots. Now, I can say he can shoot, send out a video proving that he can make at least, you know, five three pointers. Pro-style NBA three-pointers, not high school, not college. It's got to be NBA three-pointers. If you can do that without any weird cuts that acts like he's cheating, he can be in. I'm wow. sure Wiggy's going to try and find a way to get in, but the answer is oh, no for Wiggy. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I think no Wiggy, for Wiggy. Nah, Wiggy's out because you know why? Wiggy will just wow. show up and crash it. He nah, won't care. I'm sure he will. He I'm sure he will. He, he would think he's going to ask you? <laughs> Plus, I got a jersey. I got a jersey. Plus, who do you think is driving Greg the half mile from here to go over to the oh, Arabax Center? No, I got a, I got a ride for Greg. Oh, you do? I got a, I got a scooter. We put, don't him wanna, scooter. No, yeah, no, put him on my scooter. No, no. Put him on the scooter. Are you really taking a scooter? No. Yeah, you I have know, a scooter. You, I'm riding my scooter. You can't right give, down this, right down the road. You can't give Greg a scooter, though. You think he'd... Fall off and hurt himself. I would probably. Yeah, are you kidding well, me? All he keeps hey, doing is Greg. all that, he's doing is bragging about how good of a sh- how how good and shape he is, and like he's doing all these push-ups. He should be able to ride a scooter. It's not that. It's a, he's, the guy's had a driver forever. You don't even know if he's got a license anymore. You got to put some two hundred and sixty pie. You got to put Tony Saragusa on there on that thing with him. To drive I will. Across I the will street. make sure he has an escort. <laughs> will that be? Hey, Courtney, can you give him a ride? <laughs> <laughs> Courtney's going to be freaking no, out. You know I can what? already feel like Courtney's going to be sweating this and freaking out. Ken's got to bring him. That's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. That's my point. That's the escort. There you go. Somebody, he needs a driver. In the, it's uh, like literally, you know, 100 yards. Uh, well, again, some people have a hard time. Well, I don't know how do I cross the street? Greg can do push-ups, but, you know, <laughs> is he going to get on the treadmill and do the, uh, the half-mile walk? Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So I'm sure there will be more who will be uh, wanting in. On uh, Foyer's big event, the Shots for a Cure with Foyer. That'll be on March 7th. The Lunchtime Parlay is next. WEI, WEI, New England Sports Original. Now, more Crash and Foyer on WEI. All right, here we go. On a day that Joe Missoula got the keys to the car of the Boston Celtics, it is time for our lunchtime parlay. And, uh, well, the old Spursy screwed us yesterday. 
They lost to the uh, Hornets. I think they ended up losing by 10, but that was a relatively uh, close game throughout. Terp was all over the Knicks on uh, plus three. And uh, I had the, uh, I don't know if I want to say it was a big upset, but Northwestern outright against Indiana yesterday. So we uh, just missed a $126 pull-in for you. However, Foyer is in today. We're going back to the four-leg version of the lunchtime parlay. And Foyer, since you're a part of it, why don't you go first? All right, let's go with, uh, so the Clippers are traveling to Phoenix to take on the Phoenix Suns. Still no um, Kevin Durant. Uh, the crazy thing about the West, the crazy, it's like the competition is, is about as good as ever. Oh, just 1.5 games separating the fourth and the tenth seeds. Can you imagine who's going to win the West? But I'm going to take the Clippers. So when I first sent this to you, it was Clippers minus one, correct? It was Clippers minus, minus two. two. Okay, now it's Clippers plus one? That's right. Just went on Sportsbook okay. Road Island right. and checked it out. Fine. Clippers plus I'm one. I'm going to stick with the Clippers. and I'm going to take the points. Clippers plus one. Uh, all right. I'm going to go back to the college basketball well once again. And uh, I know that I've dropped the nugget. Of the whole, you know, uh, unranked home opponent, all that kind of deal against a uh, a good team. Look, Purdue was the number one team in the country. They took it on the chin recently. They're a skinny one-point favorite at Maryland. I think this is a team that ends up in the Final Four, meaning uh, Purdue. And I know Maryland's played a much better brand of basketball as of late. They're turning things around down there in College Park. But I expect Purdue to go in and get a uh, a skinny win. They only got to cover one. I like the Boilermakers tonight on the road. Billy Lanny, what do you have? Bruins are in Nashville. Give me David Postanak over one and a half points. Now, you know what? This is a shrewd play. Got a play. little juice to it. Yeah, and you know what? It is a shrewd play from Billy because DeBrusque is going to be back. So, therefore, Pasta could either stay up on the first line, move down on that. You know what I mean? They got the ability to really put the pieces in place like they did earlier in the year with DeBrus coming back. I like that one, Billy, on the over one and a half. And, by the way, that's plus 150 on Pasta at uh, over one and a half. Terp, round this thing out. The Minnesota Timberwolves have had a little bit of an underwhelming season, but they've played well at home. They're 20 in the, or they're 20 and five mm-hmm. at home on the mm. season, or 20 and 12, sorry, at home on the season. So I'm going to back that trend and have them beating the Wizards in covering tonight. Wow. All right. So we have the Clippers plus the points against the Suns, the T Wolves minus the points against the Wizards, David Posternock over the point total against the Preds, and I like Purdue against Maryland. Ladies and gentlemen, that $10 will bring you $112.35. Good luck. We'll make sure to get that out on Twitter, Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. Instagram, you can get us, Gresh and Fourier. 617-779-7937. Big second half of the show that we have coming up for you. We will get to the news of the day, and that is the Celtics not only getting a win against Detroit, but also Joe Mazzulla has now been given the permanent head coaching job with the Boston Celtics. Lots of good locker room talk coming out of yesterday's game. Um, the uh, the Chiefs had their championship parade yesterday, and, well, we're not only going to probably poke fun at them, but we're going to go back in time and find out what it is really like on parade day with Christian Fourier. Uh, We've got a a Damar Hamlin story for, uh, is it big deal? No big deal. 
We're, we're going to workshop it. All right, we're going to figure we're this gonna out. We're going to workshop it. I'm having a hard time with it. That's this. all right. Yeah, me too. That's but Okay, let's let's do it in real time. Let's do it together. Billy Laney's going to be a big part of this. Like, he will be driving this segment. Billy is our leader yes. when it comes to uh, this. Yes. And we got a, a I'm couple. excited to hear this. Yeah, there's a, there's a DeMar Hamlin story out there and some other stuff that, uh, that we need to peel through. And then the NFL rumor mill is churning. Good Lord. There's a lot of stuff out there, including Adam Schefter. Saying Ooh. on ESPN earlier today that the starting point for a contract for Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles is forty-five million dollars a year. Oh, baby. that's that's uh, well. For the record, that is not the Eagles. That that is what the Jalen Hurts peoples are saying. Are we are oh, telling that is the floor. Just so you know, Shefty, when you put that forty-five million is the floor. Yeah, good luck on that one. Yeah, do they? Do the Eagles know this? No, okay. Yeah, just making sure. Yeah, the Eagles. I don't have, think they're gonna like that. The Eagles have never moved on from a quarterback that you know took never, them to a Super Bowl never. or anything like no, that, or right? coach for that matter, Nick Sirianni. Uh, better be careful what you. Uh, how, how committed you are to your boy, Jalen Hurts. Uh, so we're going to get to all of that as the second half of Gresham Foyer begins next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.